0: Hello, world. This is the Brother to Brother Show. I'm your host, K-Mo. Thank you for taking this journey with us with real men, real problems, real solutions. Let's go. Hey, good people. Welcome back to the Brother to Brother Show. Um, I'm your host, K-Mo. And we're here today with Parson. Uh, We're going right into our interview. Um, Today, we're talking about how do you know she's the one here we go okay so um talk to me a little bit about the work um you mentioned worked work and a lot of times when people talk about work you know and i'm gonna speak for myself too like i look at work like it's being challenging but um I don't think work has to be challenging if if it's a if it's a passion of yours, especially something you all are both working towards. But what's the misconception around work as opposed to you know it being difficult?
1: To me, I see work as a shorthand of saying doing something together and individually that comes at a cost but has great reward. So that means the work means how are we spending time connecting with one another so that we're not passing by one another like two ships in the night work means if my financial habits are detrimental to our mutual financial goals how do we talk so that my habits change because i am in submission to the larger goal let me let me say this it, it was it was almost magical in a sense. I think it's just because of the work that we've invested in this relationship. Mm -hmm. When we laid out some goals, man, stuff just started falling into place. We laid out some financial goals, boom, boom, boom. We laid out relational goals for how we would connect, boom, boom, boom. So we laid out goals and we said, here is my commitment. Mm -hmm. And then my partner says, here's my commitment. And then we hold one another, not to a perception, are not just something we have in our head that we never said, but we hold ourselves to something that we both articulated. Mm-hmm. And so we can, if you have this standard that you have articulated, then you can always return to something that you both agreed upon. And, I, and that keeps you from feeling under assault. When I talk to, to, to men, especially when she says, all right, well, have you all talked about how you'll handle your money? Have you talked about how you want to raise your children? Mm-hmm. You talk about
0: it, you agree on a standard, it's much better than stabbing in the dark. What does that look like? So, but what I think one of the things that you, you might not have said was that means that both people have to, to agree. Yes. That. So we talk about finances and then finance is my weakness. I have to be able to be okay with the person who has the strength in the finances to make that decision or to, to make the, the goal or whatever the case may be. And then we both say, this is what we're going to do. And then when I don't, do it because I'm not used to do it I'm learning how to do it right. I have to receive the feedback well and let me be honest and I, and I don't know if that's what you're saying I'm yes no it's exactly about. and let me be honest I'm I'm not always a
1: fan of feedback right but the reason we both articulate it is so that I will be forced to be held accountable right and uh, you the, the problem is we have a culture that tells us we want people around us who will say the things we want to hear? Yeah. But relationships, you are surrounded by someone who loves you enough to tell, tell you, you a truth that will move you towards your best self. That goes back to what I talked about, the deepening and the widening. I, I really think what use is there to be in relationship with someone that does not help to deepen and widen you.
0: Okay. So how do you how do you explain that to our listeners who are We talk about we're still going back to is she the one Um, she does all these other things. You're okay with those things. But there are a few things that she just can't receive. Mm -hmm. How do you go about addressing those things? Because I think oftentimes and I've I've heard from my male friend, my male friends, they will always say, I want to put a ring on it and I want to marry her. But but this, but that. And it's that one thing that she may not be able to let go of. I have a, a situation where my friend says, I cannot, I see her as my wife. I care about her. I love her. But because her father was not there or the lack of, or he might have stepped out on the mother, she now talks down to her dad. And he's fearful of if he does go that next step with her he see he sees how she does talk to him he's fearful of making that next move with her and talks to her about it but there's no change well, i would say this I, <laughs> let me be honest there are butts
1: you will you will never eliminate all the butts okay and i think that it would be a foolish notion to tell you that it is possible to eliminate and and Believe you me, who whomever you may be, dear listener, you may think of yourself as the best catch in the 21st century. Yeah. But it's some butts associated with you. Yeah. So the challenge is, is it a but that you
0: can live with? Right. Now, now from for me, those four things that you mentioned earlier about the finances, communication, um, family, how you want to raise a family, things of that nature, I think that those to me are non-negotiables for me. Because I've heard and I've seen, just living this thing called life, if you don't have communicate, if you can't communicate with the person effectively, and you all are always talking over- or whatever the case may be, you're not able to communicate. How are you able to move forward? If you're living with somebody, you have to have finances. You have to know how this person is spending the money here; they're spending the money there, so that you all can have a living still moving forward. If you want to have family and you don't ask those questions and have a family, and then you come up with those questions later on down the line that you might get, well, she this or he this. So I think those things, to me, I would suggest anybody, if you don't already model those things or have those things in your uh, thought process before you think she's the one, you should have those things if she's the one. Uh, What do you you think? No, I, I think you're right. Cause a so, lot of, a lot of, we're talking to men here who don't know, like you said years ago and you have a, a model and I'm sure they've given you a lot of the information okay. just like I felt like I had a strong enough foundation. I only found that out maybe five or six years ago. Honestly, hmm. if I was honest with myself and understand now what relation, cause I always heard communication is key. Communication is key. But I didn't know what that meant. So what do you think about those four or five things?
1: Well, again, when I talk with people, faith, family, finances, sex, sexuality, communication, those are bedrock. And I think that, you know, it it will not work to interview someone around those things because as you know you can make say anything in an interview right. but you watch so you should spend time with that person with their family they should spend time with you and your family especially if you're looking toward long-term partnership marriage right you should be able to talk about and any here's a here's a big glaring light if there's any one of these things that people refuse to talk about mm-hmm. that's a sign that doesn't mean it's impossible but hopefully over time people will be like let's say they're mm. uncomfortable talking about sex mm. Well, you're not gonna have a good partnership if you unless you can agree on what healthy, joyful sex looks like for you and for your partner. Right. And b- listen to me when I tell you, don't leave that ish to chance. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's too important. Right. So don't leave any of that to chance. You've got to talk with one another. And you know, another thing that I have thought about a lot, Kay, is you have to have the reason I talk about family and friends in that. Larger context of the of the issues that are very very important. Okay, is that you have to have a community that makes your marriage possible. Mm.
0: You, can, I, I, I thought I had a lot. I haven't heard that
1: before. That's you, a good one. You have to. So if you two are married mm-hmm. in partnership, but all of your friends have lies mm-hmm. that negate partnership, right? Your partnership will suffer. Mm. You, why, so do you re- feel, why do you feel that's that's true? Well, because because marriage is not about two individuals so much as it is about a larger communal, reali- communal reality around relationships, around what is important and how humans ought to be in relationship one with another. So the reason that divorce rates are higher now than they were 100 years ago is so 100 mm. years ago, the community yeah. had certain values and expectations, and they did everything they could to keep people together. Sometimes it's... <clears throat> Let's be honest. Sometimes it may not have been the healthiest thing, right? but there were communities that made it possible. Um, I look at the divorce rates, just anecdotally in my own family, from my parents' generation to my generation, is it at least doubled. Right. Right? So, you know, th- there is something to learn there about what possible ingredients were missing that might have made marriages that should have flourished, right. that might have helped them to flourish. All marriages won't flourish, but... Mm. Because I, I think that, again, it is, there is language that I, I learned years ago. It is mutual self-giving and sacrifice. But it has to be mutual. If one partner feels like they're doing all the giving and all the sacrifice, that won't be able to stand. Yeah, we got two more.
0: Um, that's interesting because, again, we're talking about is she the one? Or how do you know she's the one? And, as I'm thinking about some of the things you're talking about, even when we, uh, you discussed, um, man, what, what did you just talk? What did you just say about the uh, mutual sacrifice? Right, right. Mutual uh, giving. Mutual giving. Sacrifice. Right, right, and 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 I would say that I've heard, even when I'm looking at that person for the next next level of my life, what if you feel like you're 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 doing? They feel like they're doing more. You feel like you're doing more. How do you have a conversation around it?
1: I think then at that point, you both have to stop protecting yourself and be vulnerable mm. because both of those things can't be true. Mm. And and vulnerability is very, very different. I have to admit that I, I still struggle with, with what it means to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That means that we both have to say, okay, we love each other. Let's pull down the facade. Let me show you my wounds and let me see yours and we can trust each other.
0: Now, I I have heard this too, so is that the responsibility of the man or is that responsibility of the woman? Because I find that if it's always one person being the one that has the courage because I think that takes a lot of courage to say what we are going to do, what we need to do, that takes a lot of energy as well. So how does that look? I would
1: say that it is not gendered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I would be hesitant to say it's the man or the woman's responsibility. I think it is. Um, the scripture says, submit yourselves to one another. Mm. There has to be mutual submissions, mutual submission, mutual giving, mutual sacrifice. And, you know, you mentioned a topic around listening. I think that we have to listen deeply to ourselves Mm -hmm. and deeply to our partners. And a lot of that with which we struggle can be resolved with real listening. I have to admit, I don't listen as I ought Mm -hmm. and I have a very patient partner who is trying to help me do better with that. But listening covers a multitude of sins, uh, sins of omission and sins of commission.
0: So, Again, we want to talk to our young, our our people and young men about it. How do you know that she's the one? So I would, as we're kind of wrapping things up, and we're going to, you know, finish with uh, how we really feel about um, the conversation around is she the one? But thinking about, you know, um, you touched on five different things. I want you to, I want you to uh, reiterate those five sure, different things.
1: Sure, those things are faith, family, family slash friends, faith, family, friends. Finances, sex, communication, not in any particular order. But again, communication, sex, family, friends, faith, finances. In my research and in my experience, if those are not categories with which you have great compatibility, uh, you're going to have some difficulty. Uh, What I would say, too, is interesting about is she the one? I appreciate the question. And while I pushed back on it, I will say that in my experience, mm-hmm. there is something about some people that the sun doesn't set on your interest and on the energy that they give and that you give to them. Mm. So you could date Three or four interesting people. Mm-hmm. But there may be one, that energy does not go away. You they come back and they come back at the at at times in your mind, we're like, where did that come from? Right. And I think that listening to me, that has to do with the deepening. That that is your authentic self and the wisdom of God trying to help you to see, to think. Yeah. And, and I think a big piece, and I'm sure you'll cover this, getting rid of the clutter mm-hmm. so that we can listen. The way that I deal with it physically, if I got a lot of work to do and my desk is cluttered, I can't get the work done. Mm-hmm. So decluttering spiritually, emotionally, psychologically so you could listen. Because it very well may be that your best options are already in your life, but your life is so cluttered mm. that you cannot see
0: the treasure that's before you. And I think that's half the battle. Um, I will. I, I'll speak about a situation, and I think I may have spoken about it on the show before. But um, I had a situation when I was younger. Um, the girl was about a year and a half older than me. Uh, then I had another one that was, she was two years younger than me. These are all in my twenties, and I can honestly say that you know I think I'm a good human being, a good person. I mean, of course, I, I make mistakes like everybody else, but. I can still have those same conversation with them and and tell them, even though I might've made some mistakes and it didn't work out between uh, them and I, and they've gone on to be married, have children now, and I wish them well, I love them for it. But I always say, even when I meet somebody new, I appreciate those women and I appreciate them so much because this very thing that you said about the energy, it was something different about them. They held me accountable. Their spirit was so just always, always nice, always positive. Even to this day. Now, of course, I'm not in a relationship with them. But even during that time, even when I made a small mistake or made a big mistake, they were still able to talk to me. They still were able to have a conversation with me. And I think is what you talked about with the being the vulnerable, with decluttering. You can talk to them now. And they could talk about anything that's going on in their lives. But those women really did something to me to show me a feeling that I didn't even know I had that to, to then when I meet somebody new, because like you said, we live in a place where everybody got a degree, two, three degrees, has their stuff together, things of that nature. You can find a lot of those here. However, I think it's the energy that they give off that says that I'm already decluttered. I'm ready for something. And it's for me, and I talk to a lot of my friends about this. Um, it's it's usually great at the beginning, like you were talking. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. It's great at the beginning. You know, people can say one thing, people can say they're great communicators, and then when it's time to communicate, and I always will say this I have a tendency to to wait for those, wait for the the difficult times. I don't care how great we are, and I think that's a lot of times. Uh, my past relationships, they always want to get it out of me. Do you like me? Do you care about me? I'm really waiting for us to have not a huge scene of a time, but a difficult time to see how we are managed to get past that. And I know that may sound really weird. And some people may say, well, you know, you, you should, you seem like you're waiting or waiting somebody to f- wait, waiting for somebody to mess up. I don't think anything is that big where you can mess up. you can't get over especially if you're a spiritual person you believe in god and you have a a certain way to heal but it's all about to me how you handle the situation and can we move past it if i can move past it with you i would say to those gentlemen if you can move past it with somebody and knowing your heart that person has a good heart and those other things that we talked about i think that's the one that i would look at i'm not sure how you
1: how you feel about that no i would i would definitely agree i mean you do not know who you are without adversity and the yeah. the natural phenomena mm. I, I always recall the only way you get a pearl is for the mollusk to bring into itself an irritant mm. sand something it can't get out and the pearl is formed around the thing the pearl actually is created from the midst of an irritant and diamonds are created in deep in the hottest belly of inner earth Mm. uh, through challenge, through heat, through difficulty. And so beautiful things render their beauty in heat. So you talk about people, another uh, analogy, chefs, Mm -hmm. when uh, they are caramelizing a vegetable, Mm -hmm. a fruit, they yield their sugar in heat. Mm. And so I'll always remember that that heat produces sweetness i think about Mm. some of the uh black men and women that i grew up with who were born in the teens the 20s have been through so much adversity Uh, but there's a sweetness a steel sweetness that emanated from them because they had been through some struggles and I, i really think that That what a partner is is someone who remains sweet in and through struggle. You are sweet and with and for them. They are sweet with and for you. And that sweetness is not without irritation or heat. But in the end, it yields something that is as beautiful as a pearl, as precious as a diamond. Wow. Thank you for that. I
0: want us to cover one more thing and then we're going to head out. Sure. Um, You spoke about because I, I haven't been as deep as you have in relationships. And coming from a man who is uh, a man of God, who's spiritual, uh, who's who's imperfect, oh, yeah. us too. Uh, can you talk to our listeners briefly about how do you know she's the one from the one that you had to the one that you have now that you feel like she's going to be the one that you spend the rest of your life with?
1: The one uh, that I had, we were good together for a time, but frozen uh, possibly by a fear and an unwillingness to face challenge and to communicate more so on my part. Hmm. Um, and I'll take responsibility for that. That's good. You hear but, that gentleman? Yeah. The, the, the current situation is with someone with whom I share the, all of the values that we mentioned, faith, family, Finance, communication, sex, we share similar values, but there no longer is the fear Mm -hmm. of being open. So I want to just go right back to that Genesis story where uh, the man and the woman encounter the serpent and blah, 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 and they begin to knit clothing for themselves because they determine they're naked. And when God encounters them, God says, Who told you you were naked? Here's the thing the Mm. only way for mm. partnership to work is for you to stay naked. Yeah. If you spend your time with your partner putting on 10 layers of clothing like it's the arctic tundra outside, it's not going to work. Nakedness is required for the intimacy and vulnerability that will make a partnership rich.
0: That was that was powerful. Yeah. Um anything else you want to just share with our listeners? Um we we missed some of our um we had a few things that we talked about earlier. Um, around how we learned of this notion of how did you know she was the one from us mm-hmm. listening to our fathers, listening to society, listening to our grandparents. And I, and like I said, I gave my, my um, view of, you know, I would ask, Hey, how do you know she's the one? Mm-hmm. And I would always get over and over again. I knew she was the one because you get a feeling.
1: Yeah. And I think that the, 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 those brothers were right. There is a feeling, mm. but let's be clear that feelings are not enough. And I think that they will also, I mean, you'll know, you'll feel something. Right. But last time I checked, you know, uh, credit card companies and mortgage companies uh-huh. don't accept feelings. Right. And feelings alone will not a partnership make. Uh, this is what my my mother says, and I trust her wisdom. Mm-hmm. She says that marriage is work and 10% love. Mm. That love is the glue Mm. that keeps your ability to do the work Mm. that makes it possible. So she's not saying that it's onerous and I hate it, but she's saying, listen, love don't pay bills. (laughs) right? So you've got to love one another, but you also have to have a shared goal. And my parents had shared goals around finances, around children, around a future. And now... Having been married for 46, going on 47 years, oh, they were at the time joining a family reunion. Man. Uh, they go to New Orleans together. Yeah. I mean, they, they travel. They enjoy life. They enjoy their grandparents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They And it's because they plan life that way. Right. They made sacrifices in the 70s and 80s right. that have yielded fruit in the teens. Right. And, and prayerfully into the 20s. And, and we're thankful for that.
0: So I'm, I'm just going to leave you with just even talking about the glue, um, knowing that she's the one, those five different components that we talked about again, and also knowing that having a plan of action and understanding of what type of life you would like to live with that person is very, very important. Again, not just, you know, those five pillars are great, And I live by them. Um, I try to go back to them as much as I can. Um, But at the same time, also looking how that person lives those five things. And and I'm going to, you know, again, I think what you were saying was, they don't have to have them 100%, but believe in them and have at least 75% because there's room for error because nobody's going to be 100% in everything, but at least having 75%, which I think is a high value in, in five different pillars so that you can know you all have the same value. I mean, same core understanding in these things so that when you're moving forward and before you decide to make that next step to understand this person, and I think that those will be great as you move forward in knowing that she's the one.
1: I want to thank you for this opportunity. Uh, you're doing tremendous work. And I want to encourage the listeners to keep pursuing the kinds of
0: conversations that will both deepen and widen you and deepen and widen us together. Thank you all very much. Thanks so much, Parson. Um, this is the Brother to Brother Show. I'm k We're signing out. Please know we love you, work with us, be with us, and know we're coming from the heart. This is the Brother the Brother Show.